episode three of Hailing Frequencies Open. Today we will be chatting about episode two, Charlie X. Uh, original air date was September 15th, 1966. The director of this lovely episode was Lawrence Dobkin. And the story was written by Gene Roddenberry and D.C. Fontana. And this episode finds the Enterprise picking up a young gentleman named Charlie Evans, who apparently is the sole survivor of a transport crash 14 years earlier. So, David, how did you enjoy this episode? It was interesting. Um, the first... It lost me at the beginning um, because it was just a weird um, weird kid that they get on board that without much explanation. Um, but the officers that are dropping him off seem very anxious to leave. So you're just like, oh, all right. Um, and so there's definitely a slow burn to this episode where you're just like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, I tend to agree. It did seem a little slow to start. I'm like, okay, all right, they picked up this obviously strange and awkward teenage boy, and they're going to take him somewhere to, like, reintegrate him back into hum human society because this kid, apparently the only survivor of a crash on some remote planet when he was like three years old. But mm -hmm. how, does he, how does he survive? Right. <laughs> Which is on the minds of everyone on the Enterprise. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's an odd introduction, um, but it's appreciated because of the fact that when he first comes in, he really hasn't interacted with people, so he doesn't know what to say or do. So at mm -hmm. least for a while at the beginning, it's like, oh, okay. That's totally how someone who was marooned on a planet at three years old or whatever, that's totally how he would act when he reintegrates with people 12, 13 years later. Because it's like, oh... Yeah, I, he doesn't know anything about social graces. He doesn't know anything about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. What a woman is. He doesn't know what that is. No. He doesn't. Yep. <laughs> so no, to, to be thrown into a world that he has no idea how to behave in, it's, it would be daunting for anyone, obviously. But right. this is, yeah, this is space. This is the Enterprise with a little over 420-odd people on board. And just getting this kid uh, to a human colony is their destination. But, like, problems, of course, start to arise, you know, on their way to, I can't remember what planet that they're trying mm -hmm. to... Do they actually say? No, I don't think they I can't recall the planet name, but I know that they were intending to drop him off 
um, at a, it was either a call, just a colony of other humans where um, he was supposed to be dropped off at and hopefully these people would help him to reintegrate into society and they would teach him how to behave properly, what's right, what's wrong, mm -hmm. those kind of things. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. But, um, of course, you know, being the Enterprise and in space, they're dealing with all kinds of entities and situations and things like that. So it's no surprise that something is off about this kid. Mm-hmm. And nobody realizes it, of course, until, you know, it takes, days into his trip. <laughs> it takes an unreasonably long time for people to realize this. Mm-hmm. Like, it does. They should have realized as soon as he was able to create pictures of Yeoman Rand on cards. You know, because that's mm -hmm. a normal thing. Um, as soon as that happened, people should have been like, what the hell is going on? But no one questions it. Everybody just thinks he's a teenage boy, which is weird. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, somebody ask a question. Jesus. I mean, y'all are right. just doing whatever you want to do. And it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, even Spock takes way too long to figure it out. It's for me, it's the only real huge hang-up I have with this episode. It's just the Enterprise crew is dumb. It's, that's pretty yeah. much how it comes yeah. off to me. Um, I wouldn't say dumb. I think they just wrote him off as just any other awkward teenage boy with a lot of angst, obviously. So they're just like, whatever. Just do what I say because I'm the adult. And they didn't think anything of it. They're like, oh, this is just normal teenage behavior. But little did they know that he had these powers uh, in order to do whatever he wanted, basically. But uh, he didn't use them right off the bat on this, on this crew. Right. Because on the other ship that he was on... I think there was only about 20 people on the ship and they, I believe they were all men. So he had never seen a female before. And the first female he sees is uh, Yeoman Rand. And to a certain extent, I totally understand his reaction to Yeoman Rand because I was 17 mm -hmm. once and, you know, every woman is beautiful. You know, every woman is beautiful mm -hmm. anyway. But when you're 17, it's just like, Hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Will you be yep. friends with me? I really like you. Mm -hmm. I'm in love. Yeah. So, of course, crush it hit his first crush. And oh, God, it was, wasn't, didn't you find it hilarious when Yeoman Ran um, introduced him to that much younger crew member to try and like pawn him off on her? I laughed really hard because I'm just like, wait a minute. 
and the fact that the you know, much younger crew member was kind of in for it was just like, wait, what's happening now? Like, <laughs> right? Is there a prostitution <laughs> ring on this ship? What is going on? You know, um, I get it. Captain Kirk's machismo has spread to the ladies. <laughs> oh, don't get me started, but you know, I the one part I didn't understand is like at one point he swats Yeoman Rand on the butt. Uh-huh. And I'm like, because, and I don't know. Because I, didn't he see someone do that to someone else? Did he? Okay, he might have. Yes, he did. He did. He saw someone else do it to someone. And he's like, oh, that's a perfectly acceptable response and gesture to do. Uh, so he did it to Yeoman Ran. What I don't understand, though, is her awkwardness in telling him off. Yeah, uh, well, that she says it later in the episode when she goes to Kirk and asks Kirk to deal with it. Um, But she says, like, you have to deal with him gently because I am his first love, his first crush. Right. So she didn't want to do it herself because that would just, you know, break his heart, obviously. So she thought, you know, Kirk being the captain and being that kind of male role model <laughs> uh, that he needs, because he's because Kirk is stern and um, forthright with people, and I think that he has a firm hand. Is what I'm trying to say. He has a firm hand. So a child like that does need like a firm hand and needs some male figure to tell him what is right and what's wrong to do and say to women. Right. But, but Yeoman Rand couldn't do it herself because I think she'd feel um, bad about doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, she'd be crushing the kid's spirit and that he would like never want to try anything new again or talk to any new girls or anything like that. So she wanted the captain to break his heart for her. I mean, if only life worked like that. Mm, Can you please break this person's heart for me? I just don't want to do that. (laughs) You're the captain. Please do this for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, it's, it's interesting because I thought they did a fairly good job of conveying what it was like what it's like to be a 17 year old boy and i'm extrapolating Mm -hmm. it out to think that they did a very good job of explaining what it's like to be a 17 year old boy that's had no interactions with people yeah that's true and as as that goes i think they did like a really good job with it um i mean i don't I mean, this is, you know, set in the 23rd century. So he see the kid, Charlie, seemed very um, well aware of a lot of situations. And he was pretty well spoken, mm-hmm. you know, and he seemed to know things. Right. But. I mean, not enough about humans, obviously. So he learned something from somewhere, 
whether it be like the memory banks of the ship or that he crashed in or whatever, or the uh, mysterious uh, alien race that um, found him. But I think I'm jumping ahead. Possibly. Possibly. Well, I mean, we have to make a note of uh, the reason for this episode. You know, Charlie, he has these powers. He's a human boy. A human boy shouldn't have powers like this. Well, and we should specify for those listening powers. He seems to be able to make things like appear slash disappear. Um, He also Mm -hmm. can like change things shape um, as is evident by Mm -hmm. at one point uh, Kirk leaves him to play uh, 3D chess with Spock. Yes, he did. um, Charlie is a little um, angry about it. Like, he doesn't seem to like Spock. He doesn't really seem to be interested in spending any time with him. Um, And then Mm -hmm. when Spock beats him, um, he does throw a fit. Like, he's a little kid. Yeah, he he throws a temper tantrum. And so (laughs) it's a very different experience because it's like, huh. And uh, for me, that really plays into the whole he has no human interaction. He doesn't know how to respond to these sorts of things. And so if he's not good enough, he's going to get angry. Right. So, I mean, that, that to me is what it is. It's like a really mm-hmm. good shout for something like that. Yeah. And I think that's a normal response for anyone that is in a situation like that in real life because when you can't get something right away mm-hmm. you get you get really angry and frustrated about it uh, and in his case he gets angry frustrated and he melted the chessboard with his mind powers i mean that's a totally like rational response i'm angry i will mm-hmm. melt these chess pieces it's like well I mean, you can, but that's not, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I will say this. I want to make sure that we do say this before we get too far. The gentleman that played Charlie, Robert Walker Jr., is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Other than his face when he's melting the chess pieces. Oh, when his eyes roll up in the back yeah, of his head? he looks like he's constipated. <laughs> he looks like he's just like, and I'm just like, it can't be that hard. Like, this is, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It was, no, he, he did a very, very good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was, for me, it was a little creepy when um, he would roll his eyes up into the back of his head because it just reminds me of... Um, when I used to watch wrestling with my brother, the undertaker would do that. You're just waiting for him. You're just waiting for him to be like, rest in peace. And it's just like, Oh, I can't. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of waiting for that. But it um, does. He can walk down. For it, the hell in a it cell sh- match with Sulu. Oh, God. oh, that would be hilarious. Oh my God. That'd be right? so funny. <laughs> 
But it's a testament to his ability as an actor. It's like, how do you portray a trait of your character that nobody can really like see? You have to make them be able to believe that you're doing something with your mind and a look or a gesture will portray that and make us the audience be like, oh my god, they're using their brain power on something. Cool. (laughs) So, well done. Well done. done. (laughs) What else did he... Oh my gosh, he did a lot of things. Now, keep in mind, up to this point, with him and Spock and the chessboard. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, before I could do that, though, one other thing. Uh, You heard Uhura sings in this episode and she does and she is and michelle nichols is lovely and very good at this mm-hmm. and um for some reason charlie gets angry and yes makes her stop. yeah uh, yeah oh she was totally like improving songs yeah. about uh crew members she started with spock mm-hmm. <laughs> which was funny uh, so it's, I guess it's the common area for a lot of the crew, like like the cafeteria, basically. They call them recreation rooms, so, which to me means yes, that, thank they, you. that those could be many different things. Um, many, many different things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this is, I think, yeah, the first episode where you do hear um, Michelle Nichols, um, who plays Uhura, actually sing. And it's her and Yeoman Rand at the table playing cards mm-hmm. and Spock's playing his instrument. I'm, I'm sure it's some Vulcan instrument that we didn't get the name it's of. Hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, basically a harp, but, you know, it's probably some kind of Vulcan harp. <laughs> so he's playing that. And then all of a sudden, you know, she goes into a improvised song about Spock. And then the whole crew that's in there is like loving it and cheering her on. And then Charlie walks in. And all he wants to do is be with, be alone with Yeoman Ran. That's all he wants. So he's upset that she is paying more attention to what Uhura is doing. And then Uhura starts making up a song about Charlie. Yeah. Remember that? I don't remember what she said, so, but I do remember that she did it. Yeah. I can't remember the whole song, but it's basically like, we found we found a boy, uh, a lone boy, lone survivor, who doesn't know basically how to act with people. Um, and it was all, all in, like, um, nicety and, and jest on her part. But Charlie gets angry about it and then he makes her shut up he told her to shut up but he took away her voice yeah and i liked how uh, nichols played the loss of her voice um it was very under she didn't go over the top with it it was just kind of like you know there's there's uh-huh. that ex- moment where she like touches her throat and looks at Spock with this weird look on her face. But this is part of the problem. It's because at this point, 
other people in the room should be like, why is there not more concern for her? Because everybody just kind of leaves. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that. I know, I got that too. I was like, she's obviously in distress. And Spock did nothing. Oh, by the way, I looked it up on Memory <laughs> Alpha, um, Star Trek, uh-huh. and uh, Spock's instrument is actually just called a Vulcan lute. Oh, okay. See, there you go. <laughs> Knowledge. <laughs> the things you learn. Right. They're like, we'll just keep it simple. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. Some of these things they do need to keep <laughs> simple. And then they do the car trick where he decides to show Yeoman Rand a card trick mm-hmm. and he flips over three cards that are all pictures of Yeoman Rand. Now, fun fact about that, uh-huh. those are all actually publicity photos that they actually produced of uh, Grace Lee Whitney um, before the show happened. Oh. But mm-hmm. at this point, there needs to be a conversation because there's no way he can make those things happen. Mm-hmm. You just can't. So it's a whole process, yeah. and it's just like, wait, what? You know. Well, it's nice to know that in the 23rd century, people are still in awe of magic tricks. True. But on the other hand, I do agree. I, I personally would have been like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, now it's getting creepy. Like, how did you do that? Uh, that's not possible. <laughs> but that's just how my brain kind of works. I'm like that all the time, even if I see magic tricks. I'm like, I know it's a trick, but like, I just want to know how. Why? Yeah, it's it's just a, it's, it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird thing. But. Yeah. Yeah, and at that point, like people are still like oblivious to what he can do. But they shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't be, but they are. Because I guess they're still like chalking it up to like teenage angst and things like that. It's like he was alone on a planet. It's okay. He's fine. The fact that the crew is still dumb. Well, it is only like the second episode of the season. Three episodes in of our review series, two episodes in the official series, mm-hmm. and the crew's just dumb. Also, there's no Sulu in this mm-hmm. episode for reasons. Like, I don't understand why he's not here, but sure, why not? Oh, didn't you notice that? Yeah, no, yeah, he's, no, he's not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did. Yeah, I just, I always figure that he's always there. <laughs> But he's not. Um, yeah. I mean, at that point, I think that in the series, they're just like, okay, what can we do? And I don't think that they really had in mind who the solid main cast was going to be. Right, I agree. Yeah. Um, so let's see. After the card trick, and then I think when they've First, um, know for a fact that he has the mind powers is when he's doing the um, fighting, rolling stuff with Kirk in the gym. Mm-hmm. 
Remember that? Yeah, and he, the other guy laughed at Charlie. Yeah. And then made him super yeah. angry. And then he, and then he just eye rolled and then the guy disappeared. Yeah. Did that guy ever come back? They did not allude to so, it. No. Charlie's a murderer now. Right, right, and they glo- and they glossed over that too. Yeah, I was... They're like, "Wow, well, by God, he's the murderer." But yeah, oh well, I completely forgotten. And now that you said it again, I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait." Now mm-hmm. I that. Yeah. So if he, right, if he has these powers to make people just disappear, can't he make them come back? Well, obviously he can, based off of what happens later. Uh, yes. There's more to that, but that's later. <laughs> okay, so, okay, crew, this crewman, now dead, mm-hmm. right in front of, right in front of Kirk's eyes. Yep. <laughs> so now they're like, okay, what do we do with this kid now? Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, 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 this is part of what leads into like people being dumb is they don't seem to really know what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, McCoy is dithering about not really knowing what to do or say. You know, Kirk seems to be not really certain of what is actions should go or should be or you know how to be captain anymore also I'm very amused by his shirt in this episode because Kirk looks like he's just wearing a piece of felt (laughs) yeah it just looks like somebody uh, cut like a yellow actually in this episode it's green a green piece of felt and mm -hmm. then just put very cheap like gold like a lace edge on the around the collar, and it's just like really mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems uncomfortable. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that, well, yeah, it was because I know later on, like um, the costuming, it's all like wool. Right. It's all this awful wool blend of material and just mm-hmm. hot. So right. hot. Exactly. <laughs> but um, it's like, it's, of course, nowadays it's like super iconic and you see that kind of outfit and the shape and the, because you know, I, I was going to make an outfit like that and I was like, oh, I need that, that gold, you know, ribbon stuff to go around like the collar and like the sleeves and stuff and you know, I, f- I found it, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that looks exactly like it. And it's like, that's that's what they used. It's pretty cheap kind of stuff. Well, like a dollar. part of my problem with this <laughs> first season is, you know, the uniforms look very cheap. Like, mm-hmm. they don't look like they cost anything to make. Um, there also doesn't seem to be any real consistency between the uniforms. Like, last week... Mm-hmm. Kirk's outfit was yellow. This week it's green. Yes. What color will it be next week? Mm-hmm. Salmon, 
purple. Right. Like, <laughs> what, I don't, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. It does change. It does change a lot. And I, again, like, it's same thing with, like, finalizing a cast and things like that. The outfits, mm-hmm. uh, I think they, they went through several, like, designs and fabrics and stuff and what would work best. And it was a process that you, unfortunately, do see throughout the series. Uh, well, at least in the beginning until they finally are like okay we're gonna do you know black pants black shoes you know yellowish green for command red of course for engineering like blue for the sciences and that that was it that there's your color palette for the first season yeah yeah i agree Mm mm-hmm I mean, well, oh yeah, the outfits, uh, the other outfits, like the off-duty outfits, um, your civilian uh, clothes, twenty-third century civilian clothes. So, I believe it was probably intended to be a nightgown for Yeoman Rand, but this very long pink, one-shoulder Greek-style toga-looking like thing. It's yeah, exactly. It's a toga. You're on my wavelength. It was a toga, a fuchsia and pink why toga. Why is her off-duty outfit? Why is the hem on it longer than the one on her on-duty outfit? Ah, uh, that is a good question. That that's funny to me. That basically everyone on the female side of the ship wore. Go-go dresses and See, at least go-go they boots. Fixed this in the first season of Next Generation when we get around to that is that both men and women mm-hmm. wore the short, the short skirt. Yes, yes, they yeah. made them unisex. Which means there are thighs for days. Thighs, 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 thighs. thighs for days. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh-huh. No, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. And that is beautiful diversity in Fair the enough. future. <laughs> but in the original series, um that, you know, go-go dresses and stuff like that. Though that was the fashion right. in the 60s. So you bring that into at least bring an element to that into your to right. your series. Um, and the guys, I mean, the, they weren't full length pants either. They were more like, um, what do they call them? Um, pedal pushers, I guess is what they call them. Cause they're like yeah, way above okay. the ankle and, yeah. and kind of poofed out. Yeah. Um, which you knew they were like two pieces, like a top and a bottom. You knew that. Unlike in the in the next gen series where everybody was wearing a cat suit, yeah, <laughs> or jumper or whatever right. you like to call them. Right, right, right. So where are we at? He's still so he's just done the poker. Oh yes, he has. He's just done the poker, and he's just done his first he's murder. Too, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so now, so now that he's done his first murder, everyone right. on the ship is on edge because they know at any point if they piss him off, the sky's the limit at what he could do to them. Right. Which is why Kirk has such a hard time figuring out what he can do in order to maintain the safety of the entire crew, Mm -hmm. but not placate to a child's temper tantrum, basically. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because he's he doesn't do anything per se to Kirk because he somehow likes Kirk and does respect him and does want to know how to be, you know, a human. And he, I, I assume that Charlie thinks that Kirk can help him with that, which is why he doesn't really do anything to him in the beginning right. of the episode. But we're, we're now in the middle, so now Charlie is really mad at just about everybody because all he really wants is deep down all he really wants I believe is to right. be accepted but I d- he goes about it in the well, wrong he's 17. way that's, that's a, as I said earlier that's definitely a thread for most 17 year olds they just want to they just want to know where they belong they want to know you know they want to have friends they want to Mm -hmm. be respected you know they want their voices heard um, all of that that's like they they cover all of that in this episode very well yes I think they do yes I I do agree with that Um, and you're right because he's 17 he's at basically the beginning of his adulthood and the cost of manhood. He's gonna be a man. Right. Uh, so he's. I guess you could say biology mm-hmm. is taking over. And uh, he he basically chooses Yeoman Rand. That's that's the woman that he wants. Right. And he will he will basically do anything to try and. Right, and the problem is because he hasn't been around any people, he has no impulse control. Yes, thank you. Impulse control. Exactly. He has zero impulse control. (laughs) Yeah, and that's really what the problem is. Yeah, it's a huge problem. So, being 17, you know, on the cusp of manhood, and you're having like all of these first world experiences mm-hmm. very fast. So you're not able to really uh, figure out how to maneuver through life right. that quickly. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, you definitely feel for him on a certain level. Um, I stopped yeah. doing it for him when he started murdering people. Uh, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're 
you're you've gone too far, sir. <laughs> mhm. Yes, that's when I stopped. I was like, oh, you know, because you can relate to his plight um, to a certain extent, but then he just went too far, and he's like, oh, you know what? You laughed at me, so bye. Blinking you out of existence. Right. You know, it's a thing. It's On Star Trek, yes, it is a thing. That So, he basically is now at the point where I believe he has the entire ship and crew hostage. Mm-hmm. Why did he take yeah, the hostage again? I do. Like, what was the actual precursor to that? Was it because he felt people were being mean to him? Yes. Uh, he felt people were being mean to him. He wasn't getting what he wanted. And uh, Captain Kirk decided not to take him to the colony where they were originally going to take him because uh-huh. he's too dangerous. So they did come across the uh, ship that brought him the to the Enterprise. Because they, yes, the Antari. So they wanted to ask them right. about Charlie and anything, anything strange going on in the ship. But Charlie would not. Then he murders let again. them because he uh, rose the ship up. So now yes. he's murdered twenty-three people. <laughs> so. <laughs> Apparently, 20 people on that ship, and then the one guy in the gymnasium. So, I think about like 21 yep. people he has collect- collectively killed. So, he. Yeah, so he's the serial killer awesome. basically now. Good to know they never liked that. And, uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was the catalyst for him kind of mm-hmm. just taking over the ship because uh, they wanted to protect whoever was on the colony because they now do not know how to mm-hmm. handle Charlie. And they can't possibly put Charlie in the mix with these innocent people because, you know, he obviously he's shown that if anybody even remotely laughs at him in a minuscule way, he's right. going to end you. Yeah, it's 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 a conundrum. Mm-hmm. It is a conundrum. But good old Captain Kirk, he manages to, you know, pull one pull a rabbit out of the hat for this one. He does kind of get hurt because Charlie can incapacitate him but I find it funny that Charlie still in some way likes Kirk because he could have killed Kirk he could have he just chose to give him stomach cramps I mean you know dysentery (laughs) can kill you anytime it's true. It can. But yeah, no, he, he definitely takes it oh, as yeah. far as who he's done things to other than Rand. Although that changes. Um, mm-hmm. he, he definitely takes it easier on Kirk than he does most people. 
He does. Oh yeah, he made uh, Rand disappear yeah, when she rejected him for like the so, fifth right, let me time. The death count of Charlie twenty-two. Um. <laughs> oh, and yeah, he can he can basically make them his puppets and just because remember when he did the Spock? Yeah, 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 yeah. Toward the end. Yeah, where he made him like say anything right. that he wanted, and everybody's like, "What are you, Spock? Right. What are you on?" <laughs> like, it's not me, right. Captain. It's not me. Right? Is this one the um, the Thasians showed up? Yes, I believe I like that's what they're them called. Them so holographic floating head. Yes, how yes, they are just like okay, so my impression of these aliens, they did have bodies, like actual bodies at one point, and they transcended <laughs> that physical right. form. And now they're just these like green floating spirit right. heads. <laughs> and they are the ones that Found Charlie. The part about him crashing is raised true. him. Yeah, the part about um, Charlie crashing—it's true. Right. He was like three years old, so theoretically, these aliens found him, raised him, and endowed him with their powers. Mm -hmm. But only because they wanted him to survive. They didn't do it so that he could be a menace or be mean to people. Exactly. Yes, that's true. Because they say that. That's why they showed up. They're like, what are you doing? We did not give you these powers to just murder people. It's like we thought that we were teaching you better than that and being able to teach you enough to reintegrate you into human society because they that's what they wanted for him. Right. They I felt mean, part bad. of the problem is, is that the Thessians never like integrated charlie with people because they wanted to no. avoid people like they don't want contact with people i remember them saying that very specifically and so mm -hmm. you know i feel bad because the thessians thought that they were doing the right thing by giving him power so that he could live but in the same breath they did the wrong thing because they gave mm -hmm. him too much power too quickly with no checks or balances. Because the thing is, is even mm -hmm. at the end where they take him away, they don't take, they're not going to take his powers from mm -hmm. him. Like he's, he's, you know, no. going to live on this planet. And in a way, you know, I'm going to skip ahead here to this bit because I felt that this was a very emotional moment for the show is so they're going to take him. And Kirk agrees because he doesn't know what else to do. And then Charlie mm -hmm. pleads not to go back because it's a desolate planet. There's not really anything there, you know, and he's lonely and he's going to be for the rest of his life. But the thing that the Thessians understand, I think a little bit more than anything else is he can't stay with people. Because 
because he's mm-hmm. well, right because he's too he dangerous. Has no self control. He's never going to get it because with these powers, he can get whatever he wants. And you know, I don't remember. Did he bring Rand back, or did the Thessian bring Rand back? I think no. I think the right. Thessians brought, brought Rand Rand back because he Charlie. Charlie wouldn't have the... I don't think Charlie has the ability... He may have the ability to bring people back, but it's like he said in the beginning, he's like, right. if but I the want to. Is, is like, they didn't bring back the other people he murdered? No, because like he intended to murder right. them. And what, and I get. I guess, like with any species, no matter how powerful powerful they are, like you can't bring back somebody that you intended to kill. Unless you're cute. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's that. That was a good point. Um, So heartfelt and like, as I said. I felt for him and I, yeah. you know, and I give Shatner mm-hmm. and Nimoy credit. They very much mm-hmm. have the look on their face of, they sympathize. They do like, they don't yeah. want to have to, but they yeah. both know that's the only way for him to live yeah. a normal life. It's true. At all is to do that because he just mm-hmm. they can't because humanity at that time period doesn't have the ability to do anything because mm-hmm. he'll just take over he'll be like I want this and he'll have it I want that mm-hmm. and he'll have it and then it's just like oh people will rise up against him he'll just kill them all and it's just like well you can't do that and so mm-hmm. it's like alright well you know maybe in the future, maybe when he gets older and figures some stuff out, excuse me, it hasn't gone mad from the power mm-hmm. and being in the desolate landscape. Maybe then they can try again, but not at this point. But you still feel for him. I really do feel for him. Yeah, not at this point. Yeah, I do too. Like that whole last scene, it was acted very well by everyone it's like you could feel like his fear and his desperation like he didn't want to go back um and just like the subtle looks like kirk and spock gave each other and gave um charlie they're like i'm sorry like this is the only way Mm -hmm. that you're gonna learn it's like you're dangerous Mm -hmm. you are very dangerous and we can't have you around other people because you're just going to end up right. hurting everyone. It's the it was the only decision to make. He had to go back with the right. with the Thessians. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely a very very well done ending sequence with because you I mean even Rand who he blinked out of existence when she comes back she even feels for him. Like, and, you know... She does, yeah. Again, everyone understands that that's what has to happen. But Rand is, even Rand is just like... But it's heartbreaking to watch because it's like, oh, yeah, because we're basically resigning you to living in a 
terrible place for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at that end part, I felt like they were condemning him forever. Like he, like he couldn't come back. And he might not ever. I mean, with those sorts of powers, there's no way of yeah. knowing for sure. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh man, mm. poor Charlie. Do you have any final <laughs> thoughts on this episode? Final thoughts. You know, um, technically we're only two episodes into this series, and this one, it was it was far better. It was far better, and the acting I feel Mm -hmm. was like really, really good. Especially, especially at when you're just trying to portray like everything that Charlie was portraying. I think he did such a good job. Um, it was beautiful to yep. hear Nichelle Nichols sing. Uh, I give it like so from like a scale of one to ten on this episode. I give it about an I'd eight. I also give it an eight. I, am, I think Robert Walker Jr.'s performance of Charlie is so good and really lifts what could easily be overacted and made unbelievable. He really lifts the part and makes it this really sympathetic character while still being a brat and an idiot. And, you know, he really Mm. brings that all together. Um, I think the crew are stupid. They're just stupid. Um, (laughs) But I'm hoping as the series goes on that that goes down because it just takes so long for them to figure this out. And it's just like, come on, people. But if Mm -hmm. someone was going to ask me, like, if they were like, oh, I've never seen Star Trek. Should I watch this episode? I'd be like, "Mm, not first. I wouldn't watch this first, but I'd watch Mm -hmm. it. Like, I'd be like, well, I would watch some of the other episodes first, but if you find that you like it, I'd then come back around to this episode. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed this. Yeah. I thought that this was um, very solid, very, very good. It re- reinvigorated me after two episodes that were not great. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just have to see. <laughs> we will, and we will. So next week... We will be uh, taking a look at episode uh, three, which is called Where No Man Has Gone Before. So join David and I next week for some more of Hailing Frequencies Open.